Hello and welcome to the R Foundations podcast. My name is Joshua and today's episode is on the natural order. So the idea here is that if we are trying to find some sort of baseline, some sort of fairly universal baseline for what is natural and what is the proper order, what is moral, these types of things, this concept of the natural order does come up. I have referred to it many times, and I've heard it referred to a great many times over the years. And so what I have done is created a framework for what the natural order actually is. Now, in addition to going over this, I'll go over what it is on the light side versus the dark side, because there are two ways of looking at the natural order. Life is a main principle of the natural order, but so is death. And so there is this dichotomy there. So we'll talk about that a little bit. But I think before that, I do want to mention just a little bit about more of a universal perspective of religions and of history and the origin story of humanity, these kinds of things. So if we go back to the majority of the ancient religions, they do have many similarities and many commonalities. So with the majority of the ancient religions, there was a creator being that created things there was some sort of issue between humanity and that being or the gods or whatever. There is typically some sort of battle between gods at some point where usually it's the son of the Most High God uh, challenges his father and takes over, often kills him, and then takes that role of the Most High and the Supreme Being. There is typically a council of gods so if you think of Norse mythology, Greek mythology, uh, you can even go back to the more ancient religions from Egypt and Sumeria, and there often is this pantheon of gods. And so if you look at all of these different things, uh, they do have these common threads that are woven in all of them. Now, they also are very different in many different ways. But those are aspects from a more, I guess, historical perspective, at least a religious historical perspective, that are very common. There is also the aspect of morality that does have a lot of commonalities between many different religions, ancient and modern, where love and goodness and taking care of other people, these things are viewed as very positive, very moral attributes. Sacrifice on behalf of the participant, the individual, uh, for whatever it is that religion says you should do is also a major commonality. And you've got many other aspects like this that, that these religions share in common. And so what I would propose would be that if you have all of these threads that are common among many, many, many different wide array of religions, uh, what is the one religion that has all of those threads? Is there a religion that actually does discuss all of these things and put them all together in a way that actually makes sense? 
And uh, my proposition would be that Christianity would be that one. In the Christian religion, you have a creator God, divine God, that creates all things. You do have this break between God and humanity with the issue of sin uh, because of free will and so on and so forth. You have a divine council of gods or a divine council of Elohim, as the the Bible puts it, where uh, the most high God would be God the Father has other beings, other spiritual beings, divine beings, whatever you want to call them, angels, whatever, that uh, share in different roles of managing his creation. And there are various verses in the Bible that talk about him allocating the nations to these Elohim or uh, someone approaching the council of the Elohim or God going to the Most High God, going to the council and pitching a question. There is a king, I forget which king it was, but he pitched the question of how do we deal with this king? And one of those Elohim stood up and said, oh, I'll be a lying spirit in the mouth of his prophets. And um, that was what God ended up going with. He said, basically, go ahead and do that. But it was this council. And so you have this aspect. You also have the aspect of a, a division with the gods where one of the gods breaks away. And this is where you have a major difference in Christianity versus the other religions, because the other religions say that the rebellious god is the one that wins, takes over, and becomes the most high. And that would be true of all these different religions, but that Most High God is different in every single one, and the Council of the Gods is different in every single one, even though they share a lot of similar themes, which is also interesting. So the Council itself, from a very general perspective, uh, might be made up of common characteristics, but who becomes the Most God is different in each one. And in Christianity, it is... Uh, the adversary, Satan, the devil, uh, that goes by many names, Lucifer, whatever, uh, that would be uh, the being that challenged God. And in the Christian account, uh, the adversary loses and gets cast down. But at the same time, as he loses, he is also given dominion. He also, like the rest of the council, does have dominion over sections of God's creation, and his dominion is actually very large, and that would mostly be the kingdom of man. And so, uh, with these other religions, at least from my perspective, it would make sense that if the adversary challenges God and loses, but he still does have dominion over different populations of humanity and connections with them, then you have other angelic beings, other Elohim, that also are over different populations and nations and regions, and uh, they have a break with the Most High God, well, what are they going to tell their followers? It's, oh, I'm the castaway God that isn't as powerful as, you know, the Most High God, but you should worship me anyway, and I'm the one that you should really praise. Then the people be like, well, why? You know, Most High God would definitely be the one. He he was definitely victorious over you. And uh, so, Uh, If you could picture that scenario, uh, it would make total sense that the rebellious God, after losing, would just tell his people that he did not lose, and that he is now the Most High God, and he's the one that they should worship, and blah, blah, blah. And so um, that's definitely a possibility if you uh, believe in that spiritual perspective and all of those things. But even if you don't, if you look at it from a fantasy perspective— It's still this narrative that has all of these common themes, and Christianity is the one that has 
uh, at least as far as I have found, the most similarities with the most religions, even though a lot of these other religions aren't necessarily similar to each other, they all do have these commonalities with Christianity. And so that would be uh, kind of where I would go to for you know what religion actually shows an accurate picture of these things. But aside from that, there is also this aspect of the natural order, and we can get into the natural order here. There, this is a biblical concept that that God is revealed in nature. That's something that's discussed in Romans and many other places in the Bible. That uh, God does reveal Himself through nature, through His creation, through the way He has set up our reality. And uh, I would argue that that is the natural order. And the natural order is something that we can all see. Again, it's it's about these similarities between all these cultures, all these religions, all these things. We are all experiencing the same reality. We all experience the same laws of physics. We all see animals in nature and ecosystems and uh, humanity. And humanity is very similar across the world, even with many different cultures, many different belief systems, all these things. But you have these principles that are common among the entirety of our reality. And those principles, those core principles, are what I would put under the framework of the natural order. So to skip all the way ahead, when we look at how to act, what to support, what to not support, what to believe in, all these things in our lives and looking at the world we live in today, uh, in my view, Putting it through this framework of the natural order gives the answer, usually. It's what is more in line with the natural order and what is more in line with the kingdom of man. And those two things are contradictory. You could say what is in line with the light side of the natural order versus the dark side. Or you could say what is in line with the principles of the Bible and the Most High God versus what is in line with the principles of the adversary and uh, dark religions. There, there are many different ways you could frame that. But the point is that if we can define what the natural order is, then that actually gives us something to work off of. And if it is something that is generally shared in common among all of humanity and just within our reality, even if humanity wasn't here, then that is something that fairly universally can be looked at and used. So with the natural order, I'll start with the light side uh, because I guess that's the more important in, in my personal opinion. But th these are all fundamental laws of the universe of creation. They're universal uh, principles and they can be grouped. This light side can be grouped in different categories. You have existence, time, order, and meaning. And those would be the categories of the natural order. And those are the core principles. So uh, within that, each one has uh, different characteristics and different aspects that uh, can be brought out. So the, the first principle of the natural order would just be existence. It's just the fact that things exist. And that is a uh, that is the core of reality is that things are. And so existence would be the number one principle within the natural order. Now with existence, you can break that down into three principles here, where number one, you have life. 
life would be the top principle of existence because you know we are sentient beings and even those that aren't sentient beings you have animals you have organisms you have lots of things but they are alive there is life and that is something that is a part of our reality of our world of the natural order of ecosystems that things exist life is promoted on a macro level at least so you do have times when things die and you do have times where ecosystems fail but in general the world works in a way that species do generally continue or even if a species doesn't life as a whole does continue so you can think of even though there are prehistoric animals that died out there were others that continued on and life did continue even though the parents die, the offspring continue on after them and have more offspring and life continues. It's a uh, principle of life being promoted on a macro level. And everything has a drive to promote life, to propagate, to survive, the survival instinct. Life is hardwired into our reality and life is a positive thing. Now, the other Two principles that I would draw out from here would be love and sacrifice. So love, from a very generalized uh, perspective, it's, it's about life being connected, life working together, organisms that are acting together to continue life, not just of themselves, but of their species, and not only just of their species, but of their ecosystem. And for humanity's sake, you could say not only of a specific ecosystem, but we want life on this planet to continue as a whole on a very macro level. And it's not just for selfish reasons, uh, at times it can be, but the idea here is that in general, it is this idea of, of love, that life, that people, that animals, that whatever, they want to work together in order to promote this uh, core principle of life and existence of the natural order. So love is what binds the, the life together. And then as a part of that, and kind of as a definition of love, so these things do build on each other, um, you have sacrifice. So sacrifice can either be active or benign, where uh, you could say leaves on a tree is the example I use, where uh, the tree grows leaves and it uses them for photosynthesis and to survive, but then those leaves die and they fall to the ground. But even though the tree sacrifices its leaves, and in a way you could word it that way, even though it is in a benign way, it's not intentionally sacrificing its leaves for the sake of the ecosystem. But uh, the reality of what is happening here is you have a tree losing its leaves, and in a lot of ways that's a negative thing. It can't produce uh, through photosynthesis and these kinds of things. But as those leaves die, and those leaves are no longer uh, alive, they rot, they provide cover on the ground for various insects, they provide food and nutrition for the soil, they do all of these beneficial things for the ecosystem. So again, overall, life is promoted. Overall, this is this connection between one organism, the tree, and another, let's say the insects or the, the microbes in the soil. And then it's also this aspect of sacrifice, that the one is given up for the sake of the other. Now, again, that's a benign example. That's not necessarily intentional. 
But you do have plenty of intentional examples. Uh, I think the most obvious one would be parents to children, where parents love their children. So you have the core principle of life. The parents have children. They propagate. They continue that life. And then you have this aspect of love, where the parents and children are connected. And in the majority of species, that is something that is true, that the family is connected, that the parents help to raise and protect the children. And uh, when they are doing this, they're often doing this in a way to their that is to their own detriment. There is an aspect of sacrifice here where the parents are sacrificing, say, food that they could have eaten themselves to give to their children, or they're sacrificing rest that they could have had uh, for themselves in order to protect their children or sleep in order to watch out for their children or their time or whatever it is. Uh, Parents sacrifice for their children. It is a key component and it falls under this, uh, this line of life, love, and sacrifice. And those would all be within the core principle of existence, which is uh, the cornerstone of the natural order. Now, as we go down from here, the next uh, major component of the natural order would be time. It's that time does exist. You have decay and you have time. Within time, there are also uh, multiple principles. And so we can see that in our reality, we all do experience time, but there are different aspects of this that we can draw out. Now, uh, I guess I'll get to this with the dark side of the natural order, but uh, yes, just keep in mind that this is the light side. This is the more positive, more moral uh, aspect of the natural order, but there is more to this and there is an opposite to this. But under this principle of time, you have uh, various principles under that. You have cycles, you have progression, and you have causality. So uh, these also build on each other, just like the principles of existence build on each other, life, love, and sacrifice. So under time, you do have these cycles, and that's just a an aspect of the natural order. That is something that we can all see, we can all witness. It is universal. We have life, we have death, we have seasons, we have days, we have weather patterns, weather cycles. You have ecosystems where different resources and things like that uh, go around in a cycle. You have history that has a cyclical aspect to it where things cycle around. You have all of these kinds of things. You have just this, uh, the dichotomy of opposites where uh, you can think of the yin and the yang where you have one aspect and then you have its contradictory aspect and one usually pushes the other and it goes around in a cycle. And uh, that's just a basic principle of the natural order is these cycles. And so it's not necessarily that one aspect of the cycle is good and the other is bad or vice versa. It's that they both exist because they are a principle of the natural order. And again, you can go to the dark side and you say, well, let's get rid of all cycles. Uh, That kind of uh, just changes the entirety of the natural order. So uh, that is a basic principle. Now, within these cycles you have this other aspect of progression. So this would be the next principle under time would be progression. You have species that continue to evolve. You have ecosystems that grow, that build balance and these kinds of things. You have time that does have this linear aspect that is probably the main aspect of time is that it is linear. 
And then you also have, uh, you could say, wisdom that increases with age. We progress as individuals, as human beings, as organisms, as a society, whatever. You have this aspect of progression, that things progress. So even though there are cycles that happen overall and on a, I guess, on a fractal, in a fractal way on the macro and the micro, you do have progression that is occurring even though at the same time, you have these cycles that are both macro and micro as well, where there's cycles within that progression and there's cycles on the macro view. So you could say like, as me, me as an individual, I am uh, going through this cycle. I am in uh, somewhere in the middle of the life and death cycle. I am currently alive. And so that's a wonderful thing. I'm very glad of that. And within this cycle, I am also progressing from the beginning of my life to the end of my life. And I am progressing as an individual where I'm growing in maturity and strength and all of these different attributes within myself, growing into the person that I will be at the end. And this is a progression. But within that progression, I do go through cycles where there are there are things that I get really interested in and I kind of uh, get a little too obsessed with them and dive into them like crazy. And then as that fades away, I get into something else that's a new hobby or a new thing that I'm very interested in. There's these cycles that happen. There might be cycles of uh, me having very positive relationships with friends and family or whoever, with people I'm connected with, and then times when uh, those relationships aren't flourishing and they're not thriving. And, and then that cycles back back around to a time when I do have very strong and positive connections with other people. And so you have these cycles. So again, uh, you're getting more and more micro here on my life. And uh, I have these cycles that are happening. But even within that cycle of, say, having close relationships and people that I'm very close with uh, or not, and that being a cycle, within that cycle, let's say it's a time period when I do have close relationships, those relationships are also progressing in um, in this aspect, this linear aspect of progression. And so again, progression and cycles, they go together, both macro, both micro, and uh, that's how this works. These all build on each other. And also within this, so to take that to another level, the third principle of time under the natural order would be causality. And causality has a lot of different uh, aspects to it. One really good example uh, would be profit where you do have this idea that uh, things profit from the things that they do. So if an animal goes out and hunts, they expel time and energy and effort. Let's just keep with energy. That's probably the core component here, where a lion is expelling energy to go catch its prey. Now, after it catches its prey, it eats its prey, it consumes that meal, and not only will it consume enough to make up for the calories it burned, the energy it burned to catch that thing, that prey, it should also profit from that and get more energy, more calories than what it expelled, and that helps it to keep going and keep progressing in its life. And so that's something that happens... uh, Surely we can all apply that on the uh, human individual level of profiting from ventures and whatnot. But uh, that is just this aspect of causality. They do one thing and another thing happens. Progress is generally towards profit. 
So you do have this aspect where as things are progressing in general, they're not progressing in a way that brings them down or makes uh, the value lesser. In general, people, animals, ecosystems, whatever, they are progressing in the uh, towards the direction of profit, where an ecosystem becomes larger, it becomes more balanced, where someone becomes more wise, where they become more wealthy, these types of things. So uh, they head into that direction. You also have this idea of justice that we feel is a core component to uh, to our reality. I wouldn't put it as its own principle, but it's just a part of causality where actions have consequences and balance is uh, something that is lost and is to be sought after. And so when you have something happen where someone does something bad, they have uh, broken that balance within the ecosystem of their society or those relationships. And there is some sort of rectification that is sought so that that balance is then restored. And this idea of justice can also be looked at, like some of these, uh, pretty much every principle here, uh, from an active versus a benign perspective. So on the benign perspective, you could look at an ecosystem and say that it would be unjust for an invasive species to come in and destroy an entire ecosystem. Now, no, that invasive species is not evil with active intent and sentient and trying to destroy the ecosystem, but we would still view that uh, through a, you know, if you look at it from a very broad perspective, we would view that as an injustice for that ecosystem to be destroyed by this invasive species. And so if an invasive species comes into an ecosystem, it throws off that balance and justice is sought where the ecosystem tries to uh, typically will try to compensate for that and regain balance or as humans are involved, we see something like that happen and we try to step in and change it and balance that system and stop you know, the problem and restore things to their rightful order. But going back to the overall point of causality, which is this principle under uh, this component of time within the natural order. So you have time, you have cycles that happen within time, you have progression that is also happening at the same time within time, and you have causality that is happening at the same time where nothing happens within a void, where you have an action or a an entity existence of some kind, and that does affect other aspects within reality. And when an action is taken, that action has consequences. It is uh, causal in nature where it does cause something to be affected. And that's just the way our reality is set up. Again, a lot of these things are very basic components of the natural order. But when you break them down in this way, we will be able to use them to assess the world that we live in today, which is very helpful. So uh, getting out from under time, uh, let's do a brief review here. You have for the natural order existence within that life, love, and sacrifice. You have time and within that cycles, progression, and causality. Then you also have order. And under order, you have hierarchy, differentiation, and meaning. And so let's start off at the top here. So uh, just the overall uh, 
head here of order is something that we do see as a reality of our reality. It, it is the natural order because there is order. There is order to things. Things aren't just chaotic. They don't just happen randomly, even though there are times when things do happen randomly. In general, our reality is a structured reality. There are laws of physics. Gravity is a thing. We do have all of these things that I've talked about previously, about cycles of life and death, and all of these different things. There is an order to our reality. It is a structured thing. And that would be uh, a lot of people, even atheists, that uh, do believe in intelligent design would go to this as one of the key reasons why they believe in intelligent design is because our reality is so ordered and because humanity and sentience and these things are that there is so much order to them, it is virtually impossible for that to have come out of chaos. And there would have had to have been some sort of the entity, sentience, deity, whatever, that had an impact there and it didn't just come from nothing. And so within order, we have hierarchy as the first principle that that I'll cover here. And hierarchy exists in our reality in many different ways. Again, like all these others, it's fractal. You've got food chains where you have a hierarchy of the different uh, animals and organisms within a food chain, within an ecosystem. You have the family unit that is natural, uh, definitely with humanity, but also with animals where the children are under the parents. And even within the parents, Typically, it's the father that is over the mother and the parents over the children. And uh, there is this just natural hierarchy that exists there. And it, it's just this aspect that not everything is equal in all of its qualities. Uh, things are, are, are different and there is a natural hierarchy that does exist there, which would be uh, arguably why you trend towards societies having governments that become totalitarian and uh, the cycle that occurs with civilizations, that it's because hierarchy is a natural thing. It is a natural component of the natural order. It is uh, this principle here of order. And order means that some things are ordered higher than others. It doesn't mean that they have more value than others. It just means that within the hierarchy, some things are higher and some things are lower. And uh, that then gets manifested on a societal level with rulers and authorities and things of this nature. So while I would not necessarily say that governments, the, the way that they are set up, especially in the modern world, I would definitely not say that that is a positive and moral thing. But I would say that hierarchy in general is not necessarily evil in and of itself. It's not necessarily bad in and of itself. It's not necessarily inefficient or ineffective or immoral or anything like that. I think hierarchy is a principle of the natural order. And so... Uh, it's more about how that is applied and how that is manifested as far as uh, making a value judgment on hierarchy. Now, that does bring us right into the next principle, and that would be differentiation. So like I said, not everything is equal in qualities. There is this hierarchy, hierarchy but uh, part of this is because of differentiation, because not everything has the same qualities. Everything is different. And so uh, each organism has a vital role to play within its ecosystem. 
and they have various specializations where uh, one unit will do a certain thing, like look at bees or ants, where they have these different roles that they play, where there is a soldier ant, and there is a gatherer ant, and there is a queen ant, and they all have their different roles to play. So there is a hierarchy within that ant society. There is also specialization. There's also differentiation between these different roles. And even within these roles, the individuals are differentiated as well. And so you could look at that uh, from the view of humanity, where we are all different. We all have different personalities. We have different skills. We have different um, attributes. And there is this aspect of differentiation. Because we are different, we typically specialize in different things. And so you have this component of specialization that is a natural reaction to differentiation. And then with this, since things are different and people are specialized and all of these things, that typically a society will have this hierarchy because maybe some people are just better at managing things than others. Some people are leaders and some are not. Some are extroverts, some are introverts, whatever. But some people are better suited towards being at a certain place in the hierarchy than other people. And those other people are probably better suited for a different place within that hierarchy. And so specialization and differentiation are things that we do see a lot within human societies, and that's because differentiation is a core principle of the natural order. Now, that brings us down to uh, the last aspect here, and that would be meaning. And by meaning, uh, what I say is that everything has a meaning. It has a purpose. There is a reason for it. Things don't just happen in isolation. So go back to causality. Uh, things happen and there is a reason for them. Um, or you could say like with causality, sorry, things happen and they have an impact on the rest of reality or some other aspect of reality. Well, you could go the other way and say that things happen and there's a reason why they happened. And that's not necessarily just a religious destiny type view. It's it's more that uh, a creature, an organism has an intent and so they do that intent, or they have a goal they're trying to achieve, and so they take a certain action. There is meaning to that action because they're trying to attain a goal. Or you could say that uh, an organism and an ecosystem just in its existence itself has a role to play in that ecosystem. There is meaning to why that organism is in that ecosystem. And so with all of this, you, you basically have... Uh, this aspect that life has a reason for existence. They fulfill a role. So when we're looking at this idea of the natural order, in a lot of ways, uh, what I would say as a way to kind of sum up all of this that I have covered so far would be that the role every aspect of our reality has to play, the meaning of each thing is going to be associated with the natural order. And the meaning is going to be that it is there because of life, love, sacrifice, cycles, progression, causality, hierarchy, differentiation, meaning, uh, all of these things. Like uh, Those are going to be the reasons for a thing existing or a thing acting or uh, anything like the way an ecosystem works. It's all going to... Uh, be to bring together, to support, to continue the natural order of things. 
And that is the most generalized meaning you could give to anything, whether it's a person or an organism or an ecosystem or a system of any kind. And so the meaning is what ties everything together. It's, it's not just that uh, things are pointless and meaningless and random and chaotic. Uh, no, that's not the natural order. The natural order is actually ordered. There actually is meaning. And uh, that's kind of the key component of all of these principles summed up. One uh, very important aspect of meaning that does need to get drawn out separately would be free will. So this would be that action is a choice, that uh, following certain principles is not a forced thing. Every organism, every individual has choices that they can make, and they can legitimately choose between one choice or another. I can choose to use a certain word or a different word. I can say, hey, you guys, or I can say, hey, you folks. I could say, hey, you all. I could make that choice, whatever choice I want to make. I, I do have the free will in that scenario. And for the most part, within the natural order, within our reality, uh, things have free will. And so their meaning and the role that they play uh, can be influenced and is influenced by this free will aspect that life has. And so uh, you could look at it from, from a different perspective and say that uh, because humans act, because we do do things, it proves that we have preferences. Because if we didn't have a preference for one thing or another, we wouldn't act towards one over the other. The, the fact that we choose one thing as preferable to us proves that we do, in fact, have preferences. Which, if preferences can be acted toward, then there is a choice. So if we can say that that stuff that I just said is true about actions and preferences, then that's saying that someone is acting towards a preference, which is to say that someone is making a choice, which is to say that there is free will. And so that, that is true of sentient beings like humans, but it is also true of various organisms. Now, you could argue maybe that uh, that's in more of the benign sense, as I've been looking at this, the active versus the benign, where maybe the lesser organisms, lesser sentience, uh, they are not intentional about these free will choices that they are making. They are just doing whatever their instinct tells them to do. But you could look at uh, pets or um, other intelligent animals like apes and um, octopus and uh, dolphins and creatures like this, where you can see that they do have preferences that are different uh, depending on the individual animal that you are studying. And so it shows that these individuals are differentiated. They do have different preferences. Uh, the fact that we can see that they have preferences shows us that they're making a choice to follow those preferences or else they just all act the same. And so uh, all of this stuff really ties together in this way. And it does bring us to the dark side of the natural order, at least that's how I am terming it here, uh, because although all of these things that I just said are things that are just a part of our reality, they are basic principles 
that I would at least say are good to follow. They're good to support. This is a good outline that we want things to be in the direction of the natural order. But there are other things that we witness within our reality that are principles of our reality. So, uh, and these things are what I am terming the dark side. And they are typically the opposite or a corruption of or a perversion of these light side principles. And free will is the thing that ties them together because when you have free will, you are making this choice between two different things. In order to be able to make a choice, there needs to be two different things. So if you're looking at this from a religious perspective or a moral perspective or anything like that, then in order to have free will on that level, the opposite has to exist. You cannot have free will between good and evil if there's no such thing as evil. You have to have evil, and it has to be a real thing that you can really choose, or else it is not truly a free will decision. You can't just be driven by instinct, because again, then it's not a free will decision. If you have free will, you have to have these opposites in order for that choice to truly be able to be made. And so... With the the dark side of the natural order, um, I'll just briefly talk about how they tie to the light side. So in the light side, the main principle is existence and life. Well, the dark side, the main principle is death, that things die, things end. It is not a positive thing for the subject of death or those bound by love and community to the thing that died. And when things die, when they end, they are no longer participating in the natural order. Now, sometimes, like the leaves falling from the tree, the death of one thing is something that does spark life to another. But uh, the argument, at least that I would bring out there, would be that uh, that's pushing forward the principle of life. And that's uh, going beyond the aspect of death. It's that death was the negative thing. But despite that, life goes on and there are these cycles and things do get better they progress to a better state and grow towards light and life and love and all of these things so even though death is a reality it's part of our reality it's not a positive part of our reality and it is the opposite of life it is the opposite of existence to die and no longer exist is the opposite of existing so uh, and to not participate in the natural order is the opposite of what I was, you know, trying to make the whole point of is that we try to be in line with the natural order. So the next principle of the dark side, the perversion would be um, in correlation to time. So on the light side, you have time as a main principle with within time, you have cycles and progression and causality. And so within this, the, the corruption of this is predation, where you sacrifice light principles for others um, in order to profit for oneself. So it's that, um, let's say, a predator is sacrificing the principles of life, let's say life, and, um, and taking the life of the prey. And so that is for the profit of the predator, definitely not good for the prey. The prey dies. So uh, this action of predation is, um, it's bringing up it is um, fortifying this principle of death, not of life. But despite that death, despite that predation, 
the predator does continue to live and the ecosystem is balanced. And so um, it's not destroying the entire natural order of things. There is a balance here, but um, it is the other side of that balance. It's the, the yang to the ying kind of a thing. And so uh, within predation, you have a relationship that is far from the ideal. So I would argue that, that a symbiotic relationship is always better than a parasitic relationship within anything in our in the natural order in our reality and ecosystems and animals and people and whatnot. So uh, this idea of well, yes, there are parasites and the parasites survive because they are parasitic to another organism, even though it's hurting the other organism. You still do have life and that species is continuing and all these things. So you can make those arguments and yes, there can be positive aspects to it. But it is not the ideal. The ideal would be that life is fortified on both sides from both the organism um, that is uh, currently being parasitic. But let's say it switches to a symbiotic relationship where it benefits and the host organism benefits. They both benefit. That's the ideal. Because in that relationship, you have the light side principles being uh, reinforced. And those are the ones being promoted on both sides versus the parasitic relationship, you have uh, positive aspects from one side and negative aspects on the other. And so you're bringing that good and evil aspect into play. But the ideal is just for good. So you could use governments as an example here with hierarchy and say that, uh, yes, well, a government, you know, it's a good thing. There are positive things. And it's, it's in line with the light side principle of hierarchy. So that's a positive thing. Well, yes, but... It is something that incorporates both the positive aspect of hierarchy and order also with the negative aspect of predation and death and other things that governments are very associated with. And so it is something that is balanced between the two. It consists of both good and evil, of both light and dark, but the ideal is to not have that dark component. The ideal is to be all light, is to be all good. And so uh, if you're seeking the ideal, which from, for example, a Christian perspective, that's the whole point of Christianity, is to seek the ideal and always improve and progress and get better. And you have this principle of sanctification and things of that nature. Well, uh, that doesn't really exist when you're just balancing between good and evil. Uh, that's not really as positive. That is definitely not the ideal. So predation is the perversion of this principle of time. And so uh, another aspect of this would be within time, you have cycles, you have progression, you have uh, causality. And under that, I talked about profit and justice. Well, it could easily be argued that predation is the opposite of justice. It's the opposite of profit. It's one profiting at the expense of the other. It's bringing in these evil or negative or dark aspects into what otherwise was a positive thing, a positive principle of profit. And the same with progression. Um, it's halting the progression of another organism for the sake of the self, of the organism that is the predator. So while the positive aspects and principles of uh, this key component of the natural order of time, while those positive ones are offset by the negative aspects of predation as the dark side principle, when you move on to the next one, you have order as, as the last 
principle of the natural order on the light side. And so the opposite of that, what is in contrast to that is chaos. And so on the dark side, you can see that chaos does exist in our reality. There are things that are unbalanced. There are things that go against the natural order. You have uh, specializations that that die out and don't exist anymore. You have species that die out and don't exist. You have random acts that do seem to occur. It's not that every single thing is structured in a very orderly way. It's that, you know, yeah, sometimes there are mutations. Sometimes there are uh, more randomized things that happen. You have hierarchies that get broken. Uh, All of these things, these are chaos. And uh, these, again, are in contrast to the principle of order. Now, when you looked at the principle of order on the light side, you have hierarchy, differentiation, and meaning. And so with chaos, that hierarchy is perverted into something that is not promoting the light side of the natural order, but is instead promoting death and predation. And that is the chaos, and you could argue that is government. But the other aspect here is that um, in contrast to order, you have hierarchy, you also have differentiation. The chaos would be to stop differentiation or to extend differentiation to the point that some specializations take over all the other specializations. And so, and and in doing so, you're lowering differentiation. And so the aspect of people being individuals and being different, when you have a state or when you have an organization or a person or whatever that is pushing for people to uh, conform, to be uniformed, for uniformity. Uh, Think of schools and the indoctrination that happens in schools where you follow the rules, you conform to the culture, to uh, whatever's popular among your other students. Uh, These types of things you want to fit in to, whether it be a factory assembly line where you just do your role, you do your job, you fit in, you're like everybody else, you do this one repetitive task over and over and over again. Or in an office setting, it's often a similar thing that you have this role to play, you're a worker, you have this list of things, you learn how to do these things, and you just do these things every day. You're not all that differentiated from anybody else. There is this uniformity among people. Well, that actually could fall under this aspect of chaos, which is interesting because it seems uh, in line with order because things are the same, but it's really not because true order on a macro level within anything, within an ecosystem, within a society, within an individual, order means that there are multiple things and those things are within a hierarchy and they are differentiated among themselves. Whereas if you start to group things together and bring them all into one to be the same, it's, it's canceling out all those positive aspects of the natural order and creating something that is different, that is chaotic in a sense. And it does create chaos within, say, an ecosystem. When you have uh, different animals that perform different functions within an ecosystem, what if you know, say there are five cornerstone animals within an ecosystem and four of the five uh, started to behave the same way, started to eat the same thing, started to nest in the same way, started to procreate at the same time, and they became uniform in all of their behaviors. Well, that would, without a doubt, cause a lot of chaos in that ecosystem. That ecosystem would probably self-destruct and be over. It would be no more. And uh, so that's the idea of uniformity is actually in line with chaos more than it is in line with order. The uniformity to the natural order 
and to conform to the natural order is to accept differentiation. It is to accept sacrifice and love. It is to accept cycles and progression and causality. And so when you see that someone or a group of people or an ideology is promoting uh, things that are opposite of these things, let's break the cycles and not have cycles anymore. Let's uh, control the progression of people and have these different uh, skills-based badges that you get as you progress on your your skills for your job. And we're going to control this and give you a license for this and a certification for that. And unless you go through our board and you pay certain monies and all these kinds of things, then you're not going to progress on your natural path because it's no longer a natural path. It's one that we completely control. So things of that nature, uh, that's just a random example. But with that, uh, these are the opposite of the light side principles. So the final thing would be that since I did bring out free will under the principle of meeting, under the principle of chaos, I'll, I'll bring out this aspect of perversion and deceit. So uh, these are both components of chaos, just like free will is a component of order, but uh, they're both in contrast to meaning and free will. So for example, the opposite of meaning, things having a meaning, having a place, having a role, having a reason, well, the opposite of that is perversion. It's changing the meaning. It's changing their role. It's changing their position. It's changing their relationship to their environment. These things are, uh, that's what perversion is. It's, it's, in a sense, lying about the meaning of a thing. It's manipulating the original purpose of a thing. It's using a thing not as intended, not in line with the light principles, but instead in line with the dark principles and using it in a different way. It is changing the order. And uh, that is uh, obviously the opposite of the natural order is to change that order, manipulate that order, create a new order that would be different than the original natural order. So that's the idea of perversion. Deceit is a similar way. Uh, deceit is something where you are um, trying to influence the free will of another thing. So another thing is trying to live and love and make free will decisions and have meaning and be a part of um, of a hierarchy, but with differentiation, all of these principles, uh, that's what the thing is trying to do. Well, when you deceive that thing, or you deceive that person, or when an animal is deceived through various natural means, um, this is something that uh, changes the free will decision that the organism makes. So an organism would have chosen to do action A if it had all the information, but instead it was deceived, and because of that, it chooses action B. Well, if an organism has a chance to drink from a lake or drink from a spring, that is a free will decision that that organism has to play. It can do either one, and it's not necessarily right or wrong, good or bad, if it chooses the one over the other. But it might be that that organism gets deceived into doing one versus the other, where uh, they perceive one as being dangerous and one as being safe. And predators can do this as well as prey can do this as a defense mechanism, but they can, uh, they can influence the perception that other animals have of them. And that in turn influences and changes the perception that that original animal has of that environment. So if it views the lake and sees that as less desirable than the stream, so it, it, it's thinking about going for the stream to get its water, but it looks over at the stream and it is deceived because there is 
some animal there that in some way is making it seem unsafe or some behavior that they're doing that, that kind of seems a little off. And so it's like, well, you know, that makes me think that I probably shouldn't go to that stream. Instead, I'll go to the lake. Well, their free will decision has changed, even though they still do have free will. The animal then goes to the lake and maybe gets eaten by a crocodile that's waiting in the lake. And so that's something that that definitely can happen where you have deception on a benign level, or it could even be intentional in a way where you have camouflage, for example, and a predator is camouflaged. So say that crocodile is in the lake and uh, the the prey comes up and it likes the look of the lake. Well, if it had all the information that there's a crocodile there waiting to eat something, it probably wouldn't choose to go in that lake. But instead, it is deceived. The crocodile deceives the prey and uh, makes the prey perceive that lake is a safe thing that is uninhabited by crocodiles. And so the prey comes and the crocodile eats it. And so that is because of that deception that occurs there. And again, that is that is more active and as far as uh, active versus benign, but it's still not the same, I would probably say, as a human being, a fully sentient being, uh, making the decision to deceive someone into doing something else other than it naturally would have. And that's, that's an attempt to control free will, to mitigate free will, to change a free will decision which means it's a perversion of that principle of free will. It's a perversion of meaning. What if you deceive someone into perverting their own meaning? Well, then that is, of course, the opposite of meaning, and that is going against the principle of order and meaning within the natural order. And so uh, that that pretty much brings it all together in a way, even though it kind of probably feels like it doesn't. It, it's a lot. And so uh, as a brief overview here, you have a natural order of our reality. There are fundamental laws of the universe, of all creation, of all reality. We can witness them, we can see them, we can experience them, and it's fairly universal among all humanity, among all organisms within our planet, within probably our entire uh, universe, galaxy, whatever. But uh, within this, if we want to break those down into principles, we can see that the key principles are that we have existence, that things exist that you have life that flourishes and that is promoted. You have love where this life is connected to one another. You have sacrifice where uh, things aren't just behaving for the sake of the self. They are behaving for the sake of their family or their species or their ecosystem or whatever. And so that's all within existence. You have time that in our reality, time exists. Things happen in a linear fashion in a and this matter of time, where things decay, and that's measured in time. And under this principle of time, you have cycles. Things do happen in cycles as they progress in time, but they also do progress in a linear fashion as time does. There's also causality, where one action influences another, but it is within this principle of time, where an action that occurs in the present influences an action that occurs or a situation that is now changed in the future and is probably influenced by something that happened in the past. So it's this aspect of time and that's causality. And so um, that is 
existence and time, and then you have order, that our, our reality is structured. There are laws of the universe. There are laws of physics. There is order. Within that order, we see natural hierarchies that exist, largely because of differentiation, where different things have different skills and abilities and characteristics, and uh, things do have meaning. Individuals have meaning. Uh, organisms has meaning within an ecosystem. An ecosystem has meaning within the planet. Um, things have reasons for acting, reasons for existing, reasons for being a part of something. And so uh, these are the key components, existence, time, and order. But you also have perversions of these things. You have the opposites of these things. You can't have free will without two opposite choices to choose from. So the opposite of life and existence is death. The opposite of time on a, in a natural way with causality, progression, profit, justice, cycles, all of these things I mentioned, the opposite of that is predation. And again, it's the opposite of sacrifice, where uh, things don't always operate just for the benefit of the self. Well, predation is operating just for the benefit of the self at the expense of everything else. And so that is the opposite here. Um, you also have the opposite of order as chaos. And that is a key component to the dark side of the natural order. Anything related to good versus evil, light versus dark, it's order versus chaos. You have under chaos deceit and perversion that get applied to all of those light side natural order principles. And so um, as we look at the world today and we look at the systems, we look at the ideologies, look at the woke movement, look at all of these things, they the negative things are going to be organized around death, predation, chaos, deceit, perversion. That's what they're going to be organized around. That's what they're fortifying. That's what they are promoting. And uh, I, I guess the woke movement is definitely the prime example of this. And I don't need to go into all the examples of how that applies. It should be very obvious. Versus let's say, the worldview of the church, the kingdom of God perspective, the Christian perspective, is in line with, with life and with uh, cycles and progression and continuing on and bettering oneself and everyone having a role to play, all of these different things, people having meaning and uh, meaning to your actions and all of this stuff. So um, we can apply that to things that we see uh, happening in the world to movements that we see ideologies that we see and so my goal at least i think um, what my goal is will be to in the next few episodes um, using this as a baseline as i talk about the next um, aspects that i'll get into and that'll be things like the kingdom of god versus the kingdom of man like the idea of the early church versus other alternative movements that have existed throughout history, but definitely in today's world with agorism, libertarianism, things of that nature. Uh, you've also got uh, secular religion, where I will talk about the Church of Woke, I will talk about scientism, and I will talk about statism. And all of these, again, are through the lens of the natural order. I'm stating the lens I'm looking at everything through, and that's what I presented today. And so then I will look through that lens at the world that we have and assess things through that lens. So that's where we're headed. That's where we're going. And once I get through all those things, that would be the end of season four. And we will move on from there. So I will say thank you to all of you for lots of different things. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing this podcast. Thank you for uh, donating money in order for me to pay for doing this podcast. Thank you for ratings and reviews. There are uh, multiple ones out there. So thank you for that. Uh, thank you for everything, for all of your support of all kinds. I'm out. 
Peace. This has been our Foundations Podcast. Goodbye. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.